the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are looking at law and grace and what the Apostle Paul has to say about the two and how they get along. Next, on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Join us. Coming to Faith in Christ is a grace alone by faith alone proposition. It's sad, however, that so many after the fact want to maintain it all by law. The Apostle Paul writes about this in detail in the book that we're taking a look at today, the book of Galatians. So what is the paradigm between law and grace? Well, as the title of today's message suggests, law and grace are unable to live in the same house. For all the details, here's Pastor Phil Howard with more on this edition of Truth For Today. Then it goes on that the birth was by human invention. Ours was done by divine means. The woman Hagar represented the old covenant, being under the law. But this woman Sarah represents being born under divine promise. Not based upon law keeping, based upon God's ability Can God keep a promise to an old man and an old woman? Can God make an old man get his wife pregnant? He couldn't based upon natural means. The time for bearing children, he married the wrong woman to build a nation through. Unless God intervenes. And did you know what? You and I were born dead towards God. None of you make likely Christians. None of you fit being a Christian when God found you dead in sins and trespasses, obnoxiously rebellious, wanting to do our will. It was really Satan's will, but we were so mastered by Satan, we thought it was our will. But we were dominated by that. Dead. Can dead men walk? Can dead men live again? Yes, sir. Meet one. And everyone who's put faith in Christ is proof there's resurrection power that God can get a family out of the graveyard of sin. He can fulfill his promise in Christ. If you believe in Christ, you shall emerge out of the graveyard of sin and trespasses and become a brand new living creature in Christ. That's the gospel. Well... Uh, Mount Sinai, the law, the earthly Jerusalem, versus the heavenly Jerusalem. Think of it. He said of Judaism, now this is amazing. When he quotes Isaiah 54, 1, Be glad, O barren woman, who bears no children. Break forth and cry aloud, you who have no labor pains, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. This verse was given in Isaiah 54 1 to encourage the uh, Jews coming back from exile they had been crushed 
And Assyria had uh, treated them horrendously. And when they came back, uh, he gave them this verse to encourage the nation that had been broken. And as it were, barren. And he says, don't worry, I can make the barren fruitful beyond measure. And in the story, though, which woman is barren? Hagar or Sarah? It was Sarah, the mother of the promised child. And so what he's really saying is, Judaism, you will have less adherence to you than what I'm going to do through the sons of promise. The Sarah line, whether Old Testament saints that believe or this new movement he started with Messiah, where people are putting their faith in Christ, he or she you thought was barren shall far outnumber you because you're representing Hagar in natural religion. But I am going to multiply, multiply. And what a thing when Christianity is beginning out. How did Christianity get out of the first century still alive? Being killed left and right. All the apostles being killed except John. Martyrdom's happening everywhere. How can this thing even survive? There's over 300, and I've heard up to 500 million believers in China alone. There's about 3 million Jews, just racial Jews in Jerusalem today. And Israel, I believe it's up to about 3 million, might be more. Used to be 2 million in New York City. But that posterity, even racially, of all of its persecutors, has shrunk. Whereas the children of Sarah, saved by faith, Jew and Gentile, far outnumber what Judaism could ever have. It's an amazing promise right out of Isaiah. Well, he said that we were born by the power of the Spirit. You see that in verse 29? At that time, the son born in the ordinary way persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It is the same now. And he makes the point that those who were born in slavery persecute the children born of promise. And these Judaizers that are trying to put you under the law, that are tracking me down from city to city as I preach Christ and Moses in the synagogue, as I begin to show my people, and he always started with Jewish synagogues, showing them Christ fulfilled what the prophet says. Christ is the fulfillment of the law. He is the way to righteousness. You don't have to go back under the old. God's doing something brand new under Christ. Something brand new. Come to him. We are of Abraham. Yeah, you might be. Which, which woman are you of? Hagar or Sarah? And I imagine I would want to pull my hair out if someone said that to me and I was a Jewish man. You've got to be kidding. Ishmael's our enemy. I'm talking in a spiritual household now. I'm using an allegory. Hagar represents present-day Judaism apart from Messiah. Sarah represents all the children of promise who have believed the promise of God and all it takes to know God is to believe 
what God has said to believe and you come into a living supernatural relationship. Keep going here. Let's just see how he applies the truth. He says, get rid of the slave woman and her son. For the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman. By the way, Paul was not anti-Semitic. Some have taken this verse to get rid of Jews. How dare you twist the meaning. He's talking about get rid of any kind of religion. And the one he was dealing with most, there was Judaism. But I think all religions, apart from true biblical Christianity, says you're saved by works. All other religions say you can earn a status before God. You might give enough money. You might be baptized enough. You might burn enough candles. You may be a nice enough person that just naturally, just in your own power, in your own efforts, you can become good enough to be acceptable to God. And this is all false. You see, Christianity is offensive. It is offensive. And what's the favorite question they love to ask a Dave Brittner or a John MacArthur when they're on Larry King's show? Here's their favorite questions. Do you believe if you're not a Christian, you'll go to hell? And they do that on National Network. Have you ever seen those interviews? I've seen Dave Brittner and John MacArthur. They always say, do you believe that? Now, um, how would you like to answer that question? On National Network. You know, around here we say, oh, well, yeah, that's in the Bible. Now they're watching. And they're just ready. And what would the biblical answer be? Does anyone go to heaven any other way than through Christ? That was weak, but you got it right. No. Come on, get over it. Turn the heat down. Freeze them. That'll wake them up. So the Bible says, all I know is what the Bible says, that no man can get to heaven unless he comes through Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you're saying that uh, this religion is wrong. You're saying our way is wrong. I don't want to really answer that, but I want to just say our way is right. And it's God's way. That is the offense of Christianity. And is there any nice way to say it? Well, you know what, God? You seem so sincere. I believe you'll make it. And there's preachers that have caved in under Larry King and had to go back and apologize. Joel Osteen caved in and he had to go back to his church and apologize because the pressure was on. Because he's Mr. Nice, you know, got a million dollar smile. Why, yeah, uh, (laughs) but he said things that weren't right. I would not suggest you go to work tomorrow and say, the first thing I want you to know, you're going to hell. I would not suggest that right, right off. You need to build a bridge to act like you care where they go. And you've got to show love. You've got to show kindness. But ultimately, there's truth at stake here, is there not? And here's what Paul is doing. Can you imagine telling a, as devoted a people as the Jewish people who would suffered and had gone into exile and being one of them being a rabbi and just saying 
We must get rid of this other alternate way. He's saying not get rid of Jews, get rid of this teaching that it is the law that perfects because it it would undo the cross and it would undo Messiah's work. It would undo the plan of God to save. We must not bow. You must put it out. And I must say this. We cannot compromise with other ways of salvation, other little routes to heaven, other little schism. We don't want to be divisive, but there's only one way to heaven, and it's through Christ. And that is the gospel truth. And you cannot compromise that. Be as nice as you want. Take as many pies to them as you want. Cook them as many meals. And I'd say that would be great. We never waste love. Love anybody, whether they ever believe or not, you have not wasted love. But the truth is, you must be born a supernatural way. You must be born out of divine promise, for the works of your own hands can never save you. Whether those are religious works or just humanitarian works, it takes Christ alone. Now he tells them in 5.1, Christ has set you free. Don't let false teachers enslave you. Two, Christianity is a birth into freedom, not slavery. And he finally says, don't, don't be entangled. Do not be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Uh, I ask you this. Does your faith make you miserable? There's a lot of people are miserable about whatever they believe. Just seeing their face tells me I don't want it. I've seen some Christians that are bad advertisement. They look like they were baptized in vinegar. And they call it the joy of the Lord. Joy? Your face looks like it can introduce the book of Lamentations. You know. If, you, if you're happy, notify your face. I said, I know Jesus. Yeah. He, he lifted all my burdens. Oh, did he? When? I don't know, but it's good to know him. Wow. The Rolling Stones do more for me than that. Maybe you need a good rock concert. At least they jump. You can't hardly be depressed at a good one. You're on so much stuff, you don't know, realize where you are anyway. You know what he said to Israel? Two great passages, and I close. In Isaiah 46, one of my favorite passages, he said there's two kinds of religion. He said all the worshipers of Baal and Dagon are weighted down because they haul their idol around. It's heavy. And he said, they put it on oxen carts, they nail it down, they keep it from tottering. And it's a lot of work to be a good idolater and worship Dagon and Baal. And he said, they're working all the time to keep steady their God. Don't let your God fall down like Dagon fell that one time in the temple. He said, you've got to steady your God. Step, whoa, 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 slow that ox down or God's about to fall. And then he says to Israel, real, it's just beautiful. It melts me. 
said, you, O Israel, have never carried me. I've carried you from your infancy and into old age I'll be carrying you. For you don't carry Yahweh. Underneath are the everlasting arms. I carry my people like a shepherd carries a lamb in his arm all day. You'll never have to hold me up. I hold my people up. If you've got a religion, you've got to hold up. You don't have a supernatural one. Our God needs nothing you've got. Your money, your body, there's nothing he needs. He just wants your affection. You add nothing to him. He's complete in himself, all powerful. He told Israel in Isaiah 40, I measured the waters in the palm of my hands. I can name every star that's up there. And if you kill every bull in Bashan and you cut down every tree in Lebanon, it wouldn't be a big enough sacrifice to measure up to who I am. I'm a great and a mighty God. Great and mighty. And I hear when Messiah is with us. He said in Matthew 11, as he watched all the religious works and all the burden that had become to the chosen people even, labor, bogged down with phylacteries, bogged down with tithing off of their cinnamon cabinet and all their spice racks, bogged down fighting over whether you could help a son of Abraham on the Sabbath or not, pull an ox out but not help a son of Abraham. And he finally said, oh, come to me. All you that are heavy laden and burdened with religious activity, and I shall give you rest. And you shall learn of me. And what you will learn is I'm humble and I'm meek. And you know what that meant when he said I'm humble and meek? The word meek there is gentle. You'll find I'm an easy person to be around. That, a meek person is easy to be around. They wear well. Have you been around some people that just, they're just raw? They just wear you out. They're just, you don't know what they're going to say. You don't know what they're going to do. They, they're not meek. They got to have the final word, the first word, the in-between word. And you just say, uh, it'll be God's deliverance when I get out of this place. <laughs> Meek people are gentle. And of all things, for God in the flesh to say, come close, come close. For I did not come to burn you. I came to be gentle among you. And that's why you saw children always running up to them. And I've noticed children. I've got a few grandchildren and I've raised a few children. Children are never attracted to the ugly or the unkind. They run up to those that are meek. Jesus had to tell the disciples, get out of the way. You're trying to keep the kids from me. Messiah in the flesh has time for kids. Come. And I want to say... By the grace of God, I never knew it, but Sarah's my mother. You know, we use the language son of, and the Semitic meaning of son of means you partake in the nature of and the benefits of. If you called someone a son of Belial, you were saying you have the nature of the devil. Belial was really the god of flies. You are related to the god of flies, you sons of Belial. 
And when you use uh, the street language, you son of a perverse woman, what you're really trying to say, your mama was bad and you're bad. But God says, I'm going to call my kids sons of God. Sons of promise. And I'm not working for a taskmaster. I'm not under some plantation owner that can work me like a slave, pay me no wages, give me nothing but a poor man's funeral. I can own no property. I cannot even call my children my own. He can walk in any day and dispossess me, kick me off the land. God cannot do that with his own. We're children of promise. We are sons. We are heirs. We'll never be kicked off the property. We're going to inherit a new Jerusalem. We won't inherit the earthly Jerusalem. But guess what? I'm going to be at Jerusalem when Messiah sits on the throne and rules the nations. And everybody's going to find we finally got the right king in power. He is going to sit on Mount Zion according to Psalms 2, Psalms 8, Psalms 110, 2 Samuel 7. Don't mess. He's going to be there. He is going to reign. He's going to reign. I ask you today, are you trying to carry something that your God wants to carry? He said, cast your burdens on me, for I care for you. He can carry us. He has to carry me. You know, the older I get, I just keep telling God I don't even know what I bring to the table. Why am I even on the team? And it kind of bugs me when he says, I love you. Because I thought I was a greater contributor than that. I, I wish he'd say, I need you because the gospel won't get out unless I've got you. And yet, God's got people preaching the gospel all over the globe. Well, Lord, I, you like to thank your ad? No, no. God visited us in death, gave us life, rejoice. And we can't live with any work system. It's only the children of promise that we can live with as far as our corporate fellowship. But we've been sent as messengers to all that don't know him. Father, I thank you that I'm in Christ. That you got me related to Abraham. I would have never known it had you not revealed it. To think that a, a Gentile down in the 1900s would ever get to become related to Abraham through Christ. And all the way back to Sarah. My, I just, I'm amazed at your word, at the allegory. Thank you. I pray if there's anyone here who's never put faith in Christ, they may have been religious. They may have been sincere in some other uh, system. I pray for them. I pray for uh, the beloved Jewish people today. Protect them from Al-Qaeda. Protect them for everybody that wants to destroy them, just even ethnically in Israel, their own land. Some way, please intervene. Bring peace to Jerusalem. Bring peace. More than anything, bring the son of peace. Their own Messiah may be embraced. Cause a worldwide revival among the Jewish people to come to Christ and move in our area that both Jew and Gentile will come out of their death into your life. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. 
And that will conclude our time today here on Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. As we close out our broadcast, we would invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church, and we would also invite you to stop by our website and take advantage of added resource materials we've made available through this ministry. You see, as we come to you on a daily basis, it's our hope and desire that you grow in Christ, that you find yourself sustained by His grace through the teaching and preaching of His Word. Along those lines, we've created Truth For Today Radio, which is a website that contains a lot of other extracurricular resource materials that you can add to your relationship with Christ as you seek to grow in Him. We also have information about who we are, what we believe, and worship opportunities at Valley Bible Church, where this broadcast originates, here in Hercules. We have directions, we have service times, all of it. It's available at truthfortodayradio.org. If you would like to contact us by phone, you're welcome to do so at 855-833-9864. Again, that's 855-833-9864. As always, you're welcome to write to us. The address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. We would also ask you to prayerfully consider partnering with us, not just prayerfully, but financially as well, as this broadcast and the many resource materials available along with it are available as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. Our goal and desire is to minister to the greater Bay Area, and we can do that more and more as you link arms with us, again, financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large. And whether it's a one-time gift or monthly gift, it's all appreciated, and your prayers even more so. Reach us at truthfortodayradio.org or call 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.